Once upon a time, there was a little boy called Howard who loved writing stories. Little Howard dreamed of being a writer And so he sat down to every nighter But everything he wrote was fucking shite, yeah wubba dubba do wubba dubba do Was writer in the world Was writer in the world Was writer in the world Was writer in the Welcome to the worst writer in the world with me, Rufus, and ooh, what's that bit of dust rolling around under the fridge? Um, <laughs> it's Howard. Hooray! <laughs> Proud of five p and some cheese down here. <laughs> Thank you to the British Comedy Guide for hosting this show. Thanks to all of our lovely patrons on Patreon for listening to the show early. Mm. <laughs> they get it like two days early. That's Wah. nice of them, isn't it? Thanks, thanks for doing that. And thanks, thanks to you for waiting till Monday, you cheapskate. <laughs> <laughs> so, Howard, are you ready for another chapter of Gret Binchley from the Very Bad Dog Story? I am ready. Let's get started then, shall we? Yes, please. Well, I'm ready when you are, Howard. Do you want to get started? I was brecked started. <laughs> okay, three, two, one. How the bench stole Christmas. <laughs> oh, we're after a good start. <laughs> Every Doctor Who in the building liked Christmas a lot, but the bench who lived up on the roof, he did not. <laughs> the bench hated Christmas the whole Christmas season. Why, you may ask? Because dot dot reasons. Yeah. <laughs> it's your My favorite least favourite joke. <laughs> it could be perhaps that his bum sweat kept freezing. It could be that eggnog didn't have enough cheese in. <laughs> but after due consideration, I'd say the most likeliest factor is every year he had to fill in for a popular Christmas character. <laughs> But whatever the reason for his Christmas time blues, he stood atop the Nakatomi building, hating the Who's. Thus a plan he concocted to ruin their fun. He would blow their dumb Christmas to kingdom come. So he gathered a team and they built a big bomb. And I thus present bench hard without further aplomb. <laughs> sir, sir, interrupted a voice. <laughs> Gret scanned the classroom of some flipping boys' school Brilliant. and spied a hand thrust so high into the air, fingers waggling and flexing, it was as though it were trying to tickle God's gonads. <laughs> or tickle his godnads, as God liked to call them, and did tickle my godnads! Oh, shit. <laughs> the hand in question belonged to that little sycophant, Woolly Chicken Mouth, or whatever his name was. <laughs> what is it, Dwarf B? We're supposed to have a Christmas story, sir. What are you talking about, short round? It's Christmas, and it's our last day before the Chrissy Holes. Chrissy Holes? <laughs> Gret resisted the urge to Chris his hole. <laughs> and we're supposed to have a Christmas story, but it sounds like you're about to read us a binchified version of Die Hard, sir. <laughs> and that's an action movie, sir, not a Christmas movie. It is a Christmas movie. It is. It's true, squealed bum-faced Barry. Not is. Not is. 
After Gret watched them argue for ten incredibly long, wide minutes about whether Die Hard was a Christmas <laughs> film or not, he, he banged his gavel and shouted, Hey! Hey, you! You absolute bunch of chinonculus bananalus! <laughs> now Gret was at a posh private school, he liked to employ a little Latin now and then. Brilliant. You utter kaplonkers! Nobody cares. Nobody gives a ten-ton gorilla fart whether Die Hard is a Christmas film or not. A lot of hands went up. <laughs> Gret sighed. Yes. We care, sir, said Wally. I mean, nobody of note. <laughs> yes, lobotomised pigs. Yes, BuzzFeed writers. But real people, real people don't give a single-use plastic dildo whether a film is seasonal or not. Gret could tell by the looks on their faces that the boys were itching to disagree. Fine, fine, said Gret, pulling his mobile phone. Since you're all so eager. Gret dialed. Somebody answered. Gret adopted a cool-sounding voice. The sky is splankers to neat, he said. <laughs> Somebody when, replied. When did he adopt this cool-sounding voice? Because <laughs> I think I, whatever... Uh, he... <laughs> He missed that and then went to this weirdo, <laughs> weirdo camp voice. That's really cool. He's really okay. cool. The Starkies are shining bright, said Gret. <laughs> oh, here we go, he said to the children. At the Raynham Call Club switchboard, he said by way of explanation. Then again to the phone. Yes, patch me through to Mr W, please. <laughs> That's Bruce Willis. <gasps> <laughs> I think that was a good example of Gret being covert. <laughs> what Gret would be like as a spy. <laughs> Hello, my name's Steve Stevenson. That's quite offensive, really. He <laughs> wouldn't be able to resist. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Mine's really quite offensive. Did, did you hear me when I said that? Oh, everybody, I, I'm, I'm calling myself Steve Stevenson. Actually, it's Gret Bitchley. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. I don't tell you what <laughs> Gret drummed his enormous fingers on the desk. And such were the reverberations, in China, someone fell off. <laughs> Finally, Gret was put through. Put through. Ah, Mr W, hello. It's Mr B. <laughs> yeah, very well, thank you. Yourself? Good, good. good. And, and how are your monkeys? Oh, dear. How many do you have left? <laughs> oh, no. Yes, yes, I see. Yes, I can, I can imagine that has ruined your monkey last supper. <laughs> what a shame. Anyway, I was just calling to ask you... <clears throat> If Die Hard is a Christmas movie or not. The kids were wide-eyed and on the edges of their seats, whispering to one another. Is it him? It didn't. It really is. Mmm, I see. Oh, yes, very interesting. Oh, yes, uh-huh. <laughs> very good. Turning into Mr ah. Flock. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. OK, and I'll see you at the next annual Splank-Off. OK. Bye-bye, <laughs> Bruce Willis. Bye. I really want to know what that is now. <laughs> no, no, you milk off. No, you milk off. No, you milk off. No, no, you. No, you. No, you. OK, milk. <laughs> Gret hung up. The children stared. Gret smirked back. Slowly, Cockle-mouthed, God-pleasing hand rose, <laughs> his legs jiggling, as though he was so full of pee that Captain Birdseye was coming to get him. <laughs> yes, said Gret. What did he say, sir? What did Bruce Willis say? I'll tell you what he said, but you won't like the answer. <laughs> Please, sir, what did he say? Gret leaned over his desk conspiratorially. Bruce Willis said, He doesn't fucking care, you absolute leg potatoes. <laughs> right, 
And talking over the jeers and groans, Gret continued, Now far be it from me to stoke the flames of stupidity any further, so no more binge hard. Oh, came the disappointed groans, but if you want a Christmas story, ooh, one of the best, one with ghosts and sausages, <laughs> Lord Satan and three-headed dogs, and most importantly, one with Bruce Willis attacking a building, <laughs> then I've got just the tale for you. That's what you yeah, say. No, I've got to be aware. Just yeah. Vaguely aware that I say that somewhere. The boys were ready to piss, and some of the more developed ones were ready to jizz their pants with excitement. Are you sitting comfortably numb? said Gret, and therefore said me, Howard. Well, Rufus, are you sitting comfortably? But not comfortably numb. I don't have to yeah, be. You don't have to be I, I don't numb. Have to be in the war by Pink Floyd. Right? Okay, <laughs> that's good because that sounds quite exhausting. I think in the war by Pink Floyd. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't have to be in a war by by Pink Floyd. No, you don't have to be in a war. You don't have to be on a wall. You don't have to be on a wall with Eve. You don't have to be sat on a wall. wall. Okay. Um, am I sitting comfortably? Are you comfortable? Yeah, I'm pretty comfortable. Yeah. Good. <laughs> then I shall begin. Okay. The plot so far. Satan wanted to drill to heaven, but two very important things were stopping him. One, he needed Gret Binchleaf to turn into a massive diamond, but he didn't have Gret Binchleaf. And two, turning people into diamonds isn't a thing, and even if it was, heaven isn't something you can drill to. Oh, that's a lot of problems yeah. <laughs> in a plan. It's every, every single thing about the plan is wrong. Yes. Basically. When his three-headed dog tracked down Gret and tricked him back to hell, Satan thought he was one step closer to his impossible dream, only for Gret to escape once more, albeit as a spooky green slimy ghost. Owlbeit. Owl. <laughs> Therefore, Satan decided to fall back on plan B. One, find Gret Binchleaf. Two, drag him back to hell. And three, cheese grate him for all eternity. <laughs> That's an excellent plan B. That's your plan. That's what you say. <laughs> Is it? Yeah. I, I liked it. Apparently, I like. Yeah. Occasionally, I like my jokes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not often, but every now and again. When you tell them, that's when, I, <laughs> when I like them. Well, my delivery's better. Isn't it? <laughs> and he'll stop at nothing to do it. But it isn't going to be easy because of the hell double jeopardy clause. Yeah, more about that later. Okay. In the meantime, and more importantly, Michael Jackson's favourite pet monkey, Macaulay Culkin. <laughs> And so Hollywood needed a young, handsome replacement to be in its rubbish Christmas movies. Thus, without further aplomb, I give you Gret Binchleaf and the Adventure of the Very Bad Dog in association with Warner Home Movies, Chapter 7, <laughs> Shelter Malone. <laughs> Shelter Malone. Yeah, yeah, good one. It was Christmas, and little Jeremy Shelthome Alone was all like, Oh no, my parents went on holiday without me. I'm Shelthome Alone. <laughs> he immediately took advantage of his situation, emptied the drinks cabinet of its green stuff and blue stuff, and got well and truly hambollocked. <laughs> Doesn't sound like Jeremy Shelthome. I'm going to shave and use aftershave, he said <laughs> drunkenly to his pet brick that he loved because he was drunk. <laughs> oh, I hope Joe Bumming... And his friend, the other bumming man, don't come to visit me and bum me. <laughs> Suddenly there was a knocking at the door. Oh, no. It went bang, thuddy, bang, bang. <laughs> Duh, what's he saying, boss? Said Jeremy Shelt Home Alone's pet brick. <laughs> Gret, said, Hen <laughs> said Henrietta. Yeah. Who could hold her tongue Henrietta. no longer. <laughs> what's she doing again? <laughs> again? Yes, what now? said Gret, laying down the book. You've done it again. <laughs> what have I done? said Gret, shifting his weight a little and looking at his arse to check as if he'd sat on someone. <laughs> you were telling me the story about the Ghostbusters. Ghost shifters? 
Mm, yes, the ghost shifters, and then you suddenly started telling a different story. Home Alone. Shout Home Alone. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that. But my point is... Too many parodies. <laughs> <laughs> but my point is that the main story was finally back on track after all that Neil Starkey nonsense. <laughs> maximum splankers. <laughs> mm-hmm. You'd escaped hell. Satan was looking for you and... What? He, he didn't catch you? Do I look caught? <laughs> well, what happened? It's not very interesting. But Inuku had just turned up with his, his big crab. Gone big crab. <laughs> yeah. I don't really see the difference. <laughs> well, it's not just a big crab, is it? It's a previously regular-sized crab that's gone big. Gone big crab. That's true, that is true. Fine, and, and then, come on, read it to me. We're reading something else now. <laughs> Fine, I'll finish it myself. You are. Henrietta pulled a pen and a pad from her satchel and began scribbling. <laughs> That's not what it actually says here. It says Henrietta pulled a pen and pad from her satchel and began scribbling. <laughs> By, uh... Well, I figured out what yeah, it meant. figured it out and, and, and covered for it really well so no one knew. Yeah. Once upon a time, Anuku was searching for Gret Binchleaf and found him in the form of a gelatinous green ghost. Gret Binchleaf at last! Meow, 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 meow. <laughs> I've been looking for you everywhere, said Anuku, when at last he found him. So it's Henrietta who makes Inuku go... Now it makes sense. Really? Why? asked Gret. Because, said Inuku, dot, 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 and behind him, the bazooka hit the crab and destroyed the crab outfit to reveal it wasn't a crab at all, but the three-headed very bad dog. Because, meow, 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 you've been a very naughty boy, Binchleaf. And Inuku pulled off his Inuku to reveal Satan. No, stop, said Gret shoving a roly-poly thumb over Henrietta's mouth and tossing a notepad into the campfire. Also, it's weirdly, when Henrietta does Inuku, yeah. she sounds like Gret Binchley. <laughs> <laughs> <It's really weird. laughs> More like Gret Binchley than you do when you're doing Gret Binchley. I have not read this. <laughs> I've not read it. <clears throat> That's not what happened, you pint-sized plonk stick. <laughs> <laughs> what? said Gret, removing his offending digit. But it makes perfect sense. And one of my adventures ever made perfect sense. Good question. No, 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 no. That's far too obvious a reveal. Well, what happened then? What happened with Satan? Why didn't Satan catch you? Inquisitive little sod, aren't you? I just like closure. Nobody gets all the way through a book just to give up before the last chapter. <laughs> or reads 12, or th- <laughs> 12 out of a 13-book series, yeah. Mm. They do, if the author hasn't finished writing it. What do you mean? Well, Satan's still out there, looking. This story may never end. <laughs> Footnote, don't worry, guys, this story will end on January the 22nd, 2019, in a thrilling conclusion written by your favourite Binchleaf writer and mine, not, ha-ha bonk, Rufus Penzance. Gret leant back and took a sip of his relaxing whiskey. <laughs> Maybe instead of relaxing, you should start worrying, then. About Satan. Oh, I'm not worried about Satan. Really? Because that seems like the kind of thing you should be worried about. He can't touch this. Why? Can't he find you? Oh, sure he can. He knows exactly where I am. Then why doesn't he... Why doesn't he take me back to hell? Yes, because he doesn't know what Inuku told me. Henrietta sat bolt upright. Why? What What did Inuku tell you? Henrietta was intrigued. She was so far intrigued, it seemed like she'd have difficulty getting out intrigued. <laughs> Yeah. Well, she so, was... To be fair, I'm pretty intrigued as well. I mean, now, now I'm worried that I'm never going to get out of Oh, you will. You might do. I don't know. <laughs> I might just left that for you to do. 
<laughs> well, she persisted, the ghost shifters were about to shoot the gone big crab and Anuka was telling you something important. What did he tell you? You see that tree pig tree? Gret pointed to one of the many trees. I think they're just called pig trees. Do you see that tree pig tree? Yes. You see how the tree pigs are glowing lots of lovely different colours? Yes. And how the tree pig tree treetops are lightly dusted with snow? Yes. <laughs> it's Christmas, Henrietta. I've been telling this story for so long, it's fucking Christmas. <laughs> now, Ghost Shifters is great, but it's a summer blockbuster. <laughs> At Christmas, we tell Christmas stories, so try to be a little grateful, or Santa Man won't freeze an hour for you and you'll have to suck an evil ear or something. I don't know. I've, these Christmas specials are fucking ridiculous. <laughs> Henrietta. Henrietta decided to let the weirder parts of that sentence go. <laughs> But I want to know what happened with Satan. I know you do. And I want to know what Anuku told you. And we'll get to that later. And how you stopped being a slimy ghost. Ah, well, that one's obvious. Is it? Of course. Didn't your mum ever tell you to eat your sausages? Um, <laughs> probably. I mean, once, I think. And why did she tell you that? Because I hadn't finished my sausages. <laughs> yeah, OK. <laughs> Why do mums want children to eat up their dinner? To make them grow? And there we have it. Now, back to my amazing story. Yeah, grow up big and tall, not grow a new body for floating snot, protested Henrietta. <laughs> yeah, OK, true. I may have had a little help from Jeff Goldblum. But eating lots of food was 50% of how Slimer Binch became a man again. Brilliant. Anyway, like I say, we're not doing ghost shifters anymore. We're doing a Christmas story. <clears throat> I'm, I mean, I'm satisfied with that explanation, to be honest. It's, it may seem a bit throwaway, but when, when you said, and Jeff Goldblum helped, I'm like, yep, no, that's, that's fair then. Absolutely, and Jeff Goldblum can mm. do anything, because he's... Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm a genius. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so we're doing a Christmas story. <clears throat> bang, thuddy, bang, bang. <laughs> Jeremy Shout Home Alone opened the door. <laughs> Hello? said Joe Bumming, who was at the door, and hello, said Joe Bumming's friend, the other Bumming man. This... this Christmas story? Yes. I mean... Sounds like all your stories, Howard. Yes. Like a young boy being abandoned by his parents and getting bummed by intruders? Mm, it doesn't exactly fill me with joyful seasonal tidings and whatnot. You don't know that he gets bummed. <laughs> It's not inevitable that he gets bummed. There might be a twist non-bumming. <laughs> Henrietta was sceptical, yeah. but said, OK, go on. <clears throat> well, no sooner had the men entered the house than bumming occurred. Gret <laughs> 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 tugged his cuffs. <laughs> That's just a little humour for you there. <laughs> no, what what really happened? Yeah, okay. What really happened was much stranger. <laughs> the men were advancing on Jeremy when suddenly Joe Bumming started glowing blue. You're glowing blue, said Captain Obvious. But before before he could say any more, Joe Bumming whipped out a sausage and forced it into Jeremy's gaping gum tunnel. As Jeremy choked on sausage, he watched wide-eyed as the buttons began to pop from Joe Bumming's shirt. One hit a vase which shattered. Joe Bumming was looking a lot bigger and getting bigger with every moment, ballooning like a balloon getting ballooned. Oh, he began to say and exploded all over Jeremy. The other Bumming man fell to his knees in sorrow and was halfway through a... No! 
when he too glowed blue, stood up, sausage held threateningly in hand, and before he could shove his sausage in Jeremy's shocked pee hole, he likewise exploded. And so it was that Jeremy would remain a bum virgin for at least another month. He spent the following week cleaning blood and guts out of the carpet, but could never clean the memory from his mind. The end. Well, that was very Christmassy, said Henrietta. Well done, Gret. Thanks for that. So, are we done with Christmas now? Can we get back to Inuku finally? Oh, my restless Padawan. Take your impatience off the accelerator and let it all hang out. We'll get there. You said Satan couldn't touch you because of what Inuku told you. Yeah, here's the thing about Satan and death and all that afterlife rigmarole. There's a lot of red tape and a whole lot of paperwork. Once you've been to hell and escaped, it's a lot harder for Satan to drag you back. It's a bit like double jeopardy. Basically, they can't legally condemn you to hell twice. It took a three-headed dog and a very big drill to trick me back down there. And, well, I've escaped more than once now. Suffice to say, it all gets a little bit rumple-stiltskin after that. You mean dwarves start stealing babies, said Henrietta. No, not that. <laughs> the the, the name-guessing bit? Isn't your name Gret Binchleaf? Yes. No. Is it? Or is it Shit Stinkleaf? <laughs> no, no, you're right. It, it, it is. It's Gret Binchleaf. Well, why can't he guess that? Oh, it's not literally the plot of Rumpelstiltskin. I mean, what I mean is the only way Satan can drag me back to hell now is if he guesses my secret. Your secret? Yes, my secret. <laughs> the contract states that if Satan can learn my secret, he can reclaim my soul. But should he fail to learn my secret, I get his PlayStation. <laughs> That's not true. No, I made the last bit up just to keep you on your toes. But the secret bit is true. If he learns it, he gets my soul. But he'll never learn it. Why? What is it? What is your secret? Gret looked around to check no one was eavesdropping. About a hundred pigs stared back. <laughs> then he leaned into Henrietta and said, It won't be much of a secret if I went around telling every Tom, Dick and Henrietta now, would it? True. Henrietta squealed in frustration. All right, calm down, calm down. You want to hear about what happened with the ghost shifters? Yes. Then sit back, kiddo, because it's time for Gret Benchleaf and the Adventure of the Very Bad Dog, Chapter 7. Ghost Shifters 2. <laughs> the continuing adventures of Gret Benchleaf, the soft-boiled private dick with a crippling fear of pies. Young adult Jeremy Shelton shifted uneasily in the orange plastic chair with the east-facing view. <laughs> the early morning sun was blasting through the fire station windows and there wasn't a tree in sight to diffuse its glow. Consequently, Jeremy's face was all scrunched up like a competitive gurner from days of yore, all squishy and weird it looked as he squinted to protect his eyes from the what? He's what? Sorry, sorry guys, Rufus is signing at me. <laughs> <laughs> Not a lot of people know that we do sign language or, or translate. Rufus is saying that's what Jeremy Shelton's face looks like. Oh, OK, I get you. OK, so it wasn't sunny. It was raining and Jeremy Shelton had a face like a sack of mashed potato. <laughs> you know, we're supposed to... That's the whole point of the signing is yeah. that we don't, they don't know what we're saying about oh. them secretly. Oh. Don't, don't translate I it for them. It the whole point is don't translate it. Oh. If only there was some way we could go back and unsay that thing you just said. Or edit it, but there's not. No, there's not. There's not. Nothing. He squirmed nervously at the gaze of the austere, boiler-suit-wearing woman. Hang on, he, he did what at gaze? He squirmed... No 
<laughs> you squirm nervously at the gaze. Yeah. All right. That's, I don't know. I don't know and where the this gaze is going. liked it. <laughs> oh God. Oh, God. Oh, I like the way you squirm nervously at me. <laughs> oh, Greg's here. <laughs> he squirmed nervously. Nor- <laughs> That's better, I like that more. He squirmed nervously. He squirmed nervously at the gaze <laughs> of, the, of the austere, boiler-suit-wearing woman who sat opposite him, interviewing him for a job. Oh. Do you have any qualifications in the paranormal? Asked Caitlin regular Nina. <laughs> this was before all the surgery. <laughs> if you want to join the ghost shifters, you'll need to be an expert in science. Or an 80s misogynist. That, <laughs> that could work too. <laughs> Jeremy opened his tongue palace to reply, but was distracted as a dog scooted in. <laughs> to his mouth? <laughs> <laughs> no, into the room. Okay. He opened in. his mouth and a dog scooted in. It really <laughs> okay. seemed like no, it was into his mouth. Get it, get it. Jeremy <laughs> opened his tongue palace to reply, but was distracted as a dog got in it. <laughs> as a dog scooted into the room, yeah. two front legs dragging a pair of wheels behind it. <laughs> said the dog. <laughs> Your dog's got wheels, <laughs> said Jeremy, no shit Sherlock Shelton. <laughs> That's right. Uh, that's good. That's a good new <laughs> name that I'm going to be using a lot. That's right. Aside from shifting ghosts in order to create a terrifying ghost army, nothing, nothing, nothing. <laughs> At the weekends, I volunteer to cybernization kennel. Bits of Kevin keep disappearing, so I'm replacing them. One day, he'll be a completely robot dog. <laughs> yeah. So he'll never die. Oh, no, he's dead already. <laughs> Not a lot of people know this, but the soul is located in your back legs. <laughs> I'm not sure that's true, you know. <laughs> well, whatever the case, I early ran the Dyson over him and sucked his soul out, so no need to worry. So this is almost like a, a prequel chapter because Jeremy's getting the job yeah. at Ghost Shifters and, and Caitlin's got a dog that's not yet yes. a robot dog, but maybe it will be in the it's future. Not it's, really called, Ghost Shifters it's called two. Kevin, right? It's Ghost Shifters 2, the prequel. <laughs> it's not Ghost Shifters. No, I'm, I'm enjoying it. I'm, I'm liking this back, the background to how the Ghost Shifters came to employ People Jeremy Shelton. Prequels are about, innit? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Rubbish. At that moment, <laughs> at that moment, a paralytic tramp crashed in. <laughs> oh, don't, right, no, don't, carry on, don't no even need to do the voice you know it is again. oh zir, zir, <laughs> that dog thing it got away he's right here Katie Smith said Caitlin sternly oh sir I can't see him <laughs> that's because you've fallen asleep in your dinner again and you've got a plate on your face <laughs> Will will be interested in that <laughs> Mm, what a lovely face you've got. You weren't any like bowls. <laughs> Katie Smith pulled the plate off her face. Oh, sir, it's a miracle I can see. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> Kevin, said Caitlin to the dog. Roar, said Kevin. Could you deal with this, please? Roar. And with that, Kevin took Katie's leg in his mouth and dragged her from the office. That's Katie Smith. She's a drunk tramp who lives in the street. <laughs> Sometimes sometimes she looks after my dog in exchange for a meal. But she found that concept confusing, and that's where his legs went. <laughs> so I was, I was it... worried that, uh, you wouldn't get that. I was like, yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. And I'm also I'm assuming that uh, that's also the explanation of why in my <laughs> chapter um, K9 is fully robot dog, mm. because by then Katie Smith's ate him. Yep, all of them. <laughs> Brilliant. Okay, new character for Kate. <laughs> I'm be using a lot of that in chapter next. Okay, so she had the dog. Okay. Um, wait, 
I also gave her a boiler suit to replace her sick covered hobo clothes. <laughs> but don't worry, and make no mistake about it, however it may appear, she does not work here. <laughs> now, where were we, said Caitlin? Ah, yes. Qualifications. I don't have any quackly fackifications, <laughs> but I do have a lot of experience. My entire life I've been plagued by strange ghostly occurrences. Mm. Not a year goes by without some new and terrifying ghostiness. Yeah. Do you mean to say, Jeremy Shelton, that you see dead people? <laughs> dot, dot, dot. All the time. I wouldn't go that far. That sounds excessive. Try coming down on the number a bit. Say, ten hundred supernatural experiences. Yeah, that sounds more in the ballpark. Go on, Jeremy. Tell me more. Well, it all began when I was very young. Woo! Why are you saying woo? Said Caitlin suspiciously, her hand reaching for her Dyson. Her Dyson? <laughs> yeah. That's how she sucks up ghosts. I was just going for a fun and relevant transition. Ah, right you are. In that case, carry on wooing. And he did. Woo! Little Jeremy Shelton had always been a fussy eater. I don't want sausages, said little Jeremy Shelton. We've got to eat your sausages so you might grow up to be big and strong, his mother, Cynthia Shelton, said. <laughs> did you did you check that? Now? I'm not entirely sure, but I think I think his mum is Cynthia. <laughs> You've got to eat your sausages so you might grow up to be big and strong, his mother, Cynthia Shelton, said. I just want to eat this pea salad. Oh, Robert, Cynthia said to her husband. I don't know what to do. Little Jeremy Shelton, he wants to eat pea salad. I said to him, if you eat your meat, you can leave your greens. But he ate his greens and left his meat. <laughs> yeah, right there. My name's Bob. Bob Shelton, said Bob Shelton. Here I am, sitting in my kitchen with my wife and child. What a naughty child he is. Send him to bed without any dinner. I don't think you've understood the problem, Bob. I think he'd like that. Yeah. Yeah, right there. My name's Bob. Bob Shelton. I know. Send him to this bed. Is why there's 10,000 words. <laughs> this character's in it for the rest of the thing. <laughs> yeah, and every, and every time he has to say that. I know. Send him to bed with his dinner. <laughs> oh, no, Bob Shelton. His dinner's a vegetable salad. He can't go to bed with a vegetable salad. I don't want my son to grow a bone in asparagus. I don't want him dating a cabbage, getting knocked up by some runner beans and having green children. Oh, why, Jeremy? Why do you have to eat so healthily? Turning into Vic Reeves. <laughs> Hold on a second, said Caitlin. Is this section entirely relevant? <laughs> There's a lot of people in this story asking other people to stop telling the story they're telling and saying, what are you, what are you banging on about? <laughs> I'm glad that you joined in there, because that's going to make this three. In the, in, the, in the forest of the tree pigs, Henrietta was inclined to agree. <laughs> OK. You're supposed to be finishing the ghost shifter story, Gret. You know, the bit with the Nuku. Instead, you're doing a fudging prequel. <laughs> Gret chewed on some bacon thoughtfully. Sometimes, <laughs> said Gret, to get where you're going to, you need to know where you're coming from. I know where I'm coming from. I'm coming from a place of annoyance and I'm going to punch you in the head if you don't get on with the flipping story. Gret looked at the little girl's face, cheeks burning red with anger. Let me think. The climax of Ghost Shifters. Ah, yes. The crab blew up, of course, he said. What do you think happens when a bazooka meets a crab, hmm? They get married, settle down, produce a litter of crabookas? Ha-ha, said Henrietta with a frown. Forget the crab. I want to know why Anuku was looking for you. What did he tell you? And this secret, that sounds important. 
Won't you tell me more about that? I would love to tell you about my secret, but I can't. Because it's a secret? No, because I don't know it. <laughs> what? I don't know it. You don't know your own secret? OK, I guess it's not too late in the story for exposition. So the devil wants to know my secret, right? Right. And the devil is the lord of tricks, yes? Agreed. So if I know my secret, chances are high the devil will trick me into revealing my secret. He is very clever, agreed Henrietta. Famously, I mean. Gret lowered his brow and looked down his nose at Henrietta. All right, get a room, he said. Henrietta folded her arms and screwed up her face. So I told you about the red tape and paperwork. Well, I found a little loophole. You did? Yeah. Don't sound so surprised. I didn't get to be 486 years old without learning a thing or two. <laughs> Go on. The devil must discover my secret if he wants to reclaim my soul. But it doesn't say when the secret has to be from. I don't get it. It's simple. I used a secret from the last few years of my life. Henrietta seemed actually impressed. You mean? I mean, I picked a secret even I didn't know. But I did it without breaking the contract. It was my, Gret Binchleaf's secret. But Gret, aged 9,042. And uh, if young me didn't know it, the devil couldn't eke it out of me. And consequently, I'm totally safe. Brilliant, said Henrietta. That's absolutely brilliant. No, what if, what if Satan figures that out and goes after 9,000-year-old Gret? Oh, he doesn't know it either. <laughs> what? I mean, that was obviously a very important part of my plan. He doesn't know it either. Yeah, he's really old. He's got some seriously advanced Will's disease. <laughs> he keeps giving away guitars and de <laughs> deconstructing jokes from Christmas crackers. <laughs> so nobody knows it? No. Well, kind of. I mean, obviously somebody knows it, even if they don't know know it. I guess they kind of can know it. Otherwise it's a breach of contract. Okay, well, who can knows it? <laughs> said Henrietta, leaning forward over the campfire, oblivious to its flames as though Gret were a black hole sucking her in. That will become very apparent in time. That's why I'm telling this story. It's all tied up. Oh, maximum splankers, <laughs> said Henrietta, who had heard this splankers new word and was keen to spread it about. Seriously, guys, sort out urbandictionary.com. <laughs> but Rose Parsons did try, she right? She did try, yeah. Do we, but we haven't, at this point, we don't know if it worked because mm. apparently it has to be like accepted by someone. Mm. Yes, said Gret. All will be revealed. But first, Jeremy Shelton was eating vegetables and Caitlin Placidina said, is this section... Entirely relevant. <laughs> I was just giving you some background into the character of me, Jeremy Shelton. Would you prefer me to skip to a spooky bit? Yes, let's have a spooky bit. <laughs> but you don't need to skip. This isn't an episode of Doctor Who. You don't need to link arms with John Pertwee and sing We're Off to See the Cyberlord. <laughs> <laughs> the most wonderful cyborg. No, the cretinous cyborg of gold, right? Ah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, said Jeremy, one of only 97 people on the planet who understood this reference. <laughs> so the first time I saw a spooky thing, there I was, enjoying a plate of peas in the school canteen. Ash Manor School was full of stupid children who weren't smart enough to go to the Alderwood School. Little joke for Jeremy Shelton there. <laughs> do, you to, do you want to explain it to me? He went to Ash Manor School, okay. and there's another one called Alderwood School. Okay. That one's posher and better by the looks of it. <laughs> they always lost against Alderwood when they played them at football, and worst of all, they had a kid who didn't like sausages. 
P-boy, P-boy, P-boy. <laughs> the, other, the other kids would chant at 10-year-old Jeremy Shelton. And not because he liked peas either, <laughs> but because of that time he pissed himself. <laughs> oh, God. Of course, they also said it because he was a pea-eating loser. <laughs> Rightly so, the scrawny idiot. <laughs> Jeremy Shelton was so thin, he was in danger of being eaten by Ohio Grant. <laughs> It was a day much like this when Jeremy, sat alone as usual in the Billy No Mates corner, had one of his famous spooky experiences. He was eating some leaves or some crap when he noticed one of the cool girls suddenly glow blue, pick up a big plate of sausages and head towards him. Nobody ever approached Jeremy unless it was to call him names and punch him in the nutsack. So Jeremy braced for the worse. Happy birthday. <laughs> but as she grew closer, the buttons began popping off her shirt and her face swelled up. She was inflating, staring directly at Jeremy before she could even get a sausage in his mouth. She said, oh, and exploded all over him. Wow. Good heavens, said Caitlin. Oh, sir, fucking hell. That's <laughs> terrifying, said Katie, who had found her way back in and was lying under the desk drinking <laughs> petrol through a straw. <laughs> Roar, said Kevin. That is a strange, spooky experience indeed, agreed Caitlin. What, what, what do you think the little girl was gannin' to Caesar before she got her giblets all over your mug? <laughs> I can tell you exactly what, because it happened many, many times again. Only a few weeks later, a dinner lady approached me, force-fed me a sausage, and exploded just like the little girl. But before that, she glowed blue and said... What, Jeremy? What did the dinner lady say? Just two words. She said, Oh boy. <laughs> okay. I was wondering what all this glowing blue was. But I don't know why they're exploding. Ace Detective and Hell Escapee, Gret Binchleaf, stepped out of the quantum accelerator. Shit. <laughs> 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 Into the year 6089. People might be a bit confused at this point if they don't know what the TV show Quantum Leap is. Mm. But do do we care about those people? <laughs> yeah, it's about a guy who time travels, but time travels in other people's bodies, basically. He, just he leaps, leaps into... into the... They use the word quantum without really worrying about what it means. Mm. And they just basically mean he time leaps into other people's bodies. Yeah. And then he has to fix something in their life yeah. uh, with the help of a ghost called Al. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? Who has some Lego. In fact, well, this is just for Jeremy Shaw and he's seen it. Because no, <laughs> if you've not seen it, none of the none of the rest of the stories are going to make any sense. Oh, cool, it. okay. Uh, yeah, so he stepped out of the quantum accelerator into the year 6089. The professor looked up at him from the controls expectantly. Was it a success, Gretch? No, they exploded again, Professor. I can't feed Jeremy Shelton sausages if I keep exploding. And I'm running out of time, damn it. I can't feed Jeremy Shelton sausages if I'm dead. Hmm, every time the same effect. The tiny people inflate and pyop. Whatever could be causing it. <laughs> you know, I may be going out on a limb here, said Gret. I'm not the science genius that you are, Professor, but it seems almost as if these people are too small to accommodate me, Gret Benchleaf. It's like trying to put the big Russian doll inside an atom. <laughs> of course, said the professor. You, you, I forgot to turn on the dimensional transcendentalism capacity. <laughs> Without it, when you leap into another body, you don't fit and they expand and die. It's a shame it took us six exploded adults and eight burst children to figure that out. <laughs> but at least their deaths are for a good cause. Also, I think this reveals uh, something that you 
a way that you interpreted uh, the TV show Quantum Leap that I think most people did, <laughs> which was that like when Sam Beckett got into the Quantum Leap accelerator, it like shrunk him down and then projected his actual body, <laughs> and and like he jumped into someone else's body, and then he's like working the controls inside their head or something. Definitely what happened. <laughs> but at least their deaths are for a good cause. Yeah, what was your cure as you get get? I don't remember. <laughs> Saving the life of the most important person in the universe. And uh, what, what's the deal with the sausages again? <laughs> Two for the price of one at Tesco. <laughs> yeah, yes, said the professor, plugging in some plugs. Very reasonable. <laughs> so yeah, that's, that's, that's the Tesco I've, I've done. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. I work for Tesco now, do, so I've got to get some... Yeah. Got to get some Tesco plug. Got to get some Tesco money. They're probably sending you a fiver right now. Yeah, yeah. The dimensional transcendentalism capacitor <laughs> lit up and began to hum. Oh, brello, dillo. So is it working now? It should be. Shall I send you to Jeremy as a child? You're an adult. Neither. I think first things first, we need to ensure he's born. So, let's go. Impregnate Jeremy Shelton's mum. Oh, God. Oh, you checked her name as well. Yeah, well, if it is her name, oh, we don't know. Oh, it could be his grandma, it could be his aunt, it yeah, could be his sister. Probably, probably someone close to him. Might though. be his daughter. I don't, <laughs> the thing is, like, I didn't actually like look that hard. I just well, saw. Well, it's the, kind of rude to look at other people's pictures yeah. and stuff, isn't it? So you just saw someone on his friend list who would add his surname and went, "That's probably his mum." Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, without further aplomb, uh, Gret Binchleaf and the Adventure of the Very Bad Dog, Chapter Seven. Quantum Leaf. <laughs> quantum Leaf. Yeah, good one. Well, that, uh, dot, 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 Quantum Leaf. I've written, I've written it twice, are you? <laughs> yeah, good. <laughs> get, those word, get that word count up. <laughs> Bob Shelton sipped his beer nervously and cast a look across the bar at the woman in the booth by the radiator. She looked hot and boothered. Oh, God. <laughs> Bob turned to the man beside him. Yeah, like there. My name's Bob. Bob Shelton. I know who you are, Bob, said his friend Alf. I'm your friend Alf. <laughs> Why don't you go over there and introduce yourself? I'm too shady shy, said Bob. Oh My name's Bob, Bob Shelton. I will die a childless virgin, if only I were a confident, sexually magnetic man. Kirime, said Alf, non-sequitarially. What's that you say, Alf? <laughs> Alf held up his paper. Three down, five letters, something a criminal does. Kirime. <laughs> Good crossword clue. You should consider, <laughs> you should consider writing. You're, you're giving Yaroslav a run for his money there, <laughs> writing your crossword clues. Yaroslav wishes he could write <laughs> crossword puzzles. I'd say what, Yaroslav, you can have that if you want. You can use that in one of your crosswords. because <laughs> no, you can get paid for that. <laughs> yes, I want it. Royalties. Generous, generous. Like, he does give you money, to be fair. <laughs> oh, that's true, actually. All right, then, yeah, you can have yeah. it. Uh, Bob nodded unenthusiastically. Then suddenly Bob glowed blue and said, Oh, boy. What did you say? said Alf. Nothing. I said nothing. Everything is normal. <laughs> if I start talking to myself, I'm not mad. I'm just giving myself a pep talk, said Bob, <laughs> suddenly not sounding like he was from Birmingham anymore. No. In my version of uh, Quantum Leap, you, you get Gret Benchleaf's voice as well. Yeah, yeah. And you glow blue in a way that everyone can see, not just the, yeah, the viewer. Definitely. Yeah. Bob looked to his left, where a magic door opened. <laughs> And presently, a disgruntled pig trotted out. I don't think, I don't see why I have to do this job. <laughs> I told you, it's this or sausage sandwich. Now come on, what does Peggy say? <laughs> right. For those of you who are missing this tag, in the original show, Al was the person who came through a magic. It looked like a magic door. And then uh, Ziggy was the computer, was it? Yeah. Yeah, and so what Ziggy said was mm. the helpful guesses about what mm. um, 
Sam was there to do, which was usually feed sausages to people. <clears throat> Piggy says, a 50% chance you're a wazzock and a 50% chance you're stupid. Uh, no, hold on, there's a 100% chance you're a stupid wazzock. Do it properly, I don't do it at all. Okay, here we go. Mm, that, that blonde one over there. Properly? Piggy says, there's an 89% chance the chat-up line, are you all right there, will win her heart. Right, let's do this. And Bob, a.k.a. Gret Binchleaf, stood and approached the sexy lady. You're all right there, said Bob to the lady. I'm all right here, you're all right there, she replied. I'm all right here. You all right there? I'm all right here, you're all right there. I'm all right here. This is why you've got so many words. Yeah. You all right there? You're all right here, you're all right there. I'm all right here. You all right there? Ooh, you're a charmer, you, ain't you? What's your name, then? My name's Bob. Bob Shelton. Oh, I'm Cynthia. You fancy a quick shafty, Cynthia? Oh. Ooh, you're a fast worker, you, ain't you? <laughs> yeah, go on, then. Show us the goods. <laughs> God. And then Bob Shelton got his tackle out oh, and cast his man rod into the love lake of the lady. Oh, no. I hope they are the names oh, of his parents. Oh, no. <laughs> I just made his like his Merry Christmas, I just everybody. Made his aunt sleep with his uncle. <laughs> I hope they're not the names of anyone he's ever met. <laughs> <laughs> You're ruining his Christmas. Mm. Oh, dear Jeremy Shelton, thank you for your ongoing support. Here's a story I wrote about your parents having sex. Yeah. <laughs> What? Okay, uh, so yeah, uh, he cast his man rod into the love lake of the lady. You remember that bit? Remember yeah. that bit where Gret really, slept with Jeremy Shelton? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah. One minute later, Gret stepped out of the quantum leaf accelerator. Well, said the professor, success. I had hot sex with Jeremy Shelton's mum, oh, and I didn't use protection. Oh God! Now set the chronometer to 1983, and let's feed the kids some sausages. Gret, hissed Henrietta, visibly irritated. What? I suppose force-feeding sausages to Jeremy Shelton isn't Christmassy enough for you. <laughs> Fine, I'll do a different Christmas story. Uh, oh, did we learn why he's force-feeding sausages to him yet or not? Oh, did I miss that? No, I don't think no, there's... Okay, fair enough, cool. I don't think there's a reason. Oh. <laughs> You're looking for a reason. Well, it should have been, it's been happening every time. That seemed to be the, one of the main things that Gret <laughs> wants to do. But it might just have been, I had an idea, I had the guy of hand. I mean, who knows? <laughs> I suppose force-feeding sausages to Jeremy <laughs> Shelton isn't Christmassy enough for Rufus. <laughs> Fine. It's not Fine. about whether it's Christmassy or not. I'll do a different story. <laughs> There's no place in some people, is there? Gret flicked... reasons for things to happen. Gret flicked through his copy of Gret Benchleaf and the Adventure of the Very Bad Dog, humming and harring and fully ignoring Henrietta's protest that she didn't want anything Christmassy. She just wanted to know about Satan and the secret. Yeah. Oh, yes, here's a good one. <clears throat> Can I have some chicken, said Gret Benchleaf. <laughs> Jeremy Scheltzer looked at his West Clock's vintage alarm clock. It said 11.36pm. I don't see why not, he said, and he gave the Gret Binchleaf some chicken. Then Jeremy went to sleep, but when he woke up, the Gret Binchleaf had transformed into a big spooky egg. Suddenly the egg began to crack open. And out of the egg, Gret Binchleaf re-emerged. But he wasn't irresistible to women anymore. He was all horrid and lizardy. Oh, yucky. <laughs> oh, no, said Jeremy Schultzer. Gretlings. La, 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 la. He's got chips, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> you idiot, said the Gretling, holding a threatening sausage. The old Chinese man told you categorically not to feed me after time existed. <laughs> 
Then Jeremy Schultz's dog licked the Gretling. And since my story obeys the three very simple rules, the Gretling got wet because of the licking and immediately shat out loads more Gretlings who set about feeding Jeremy Schultzer all the sausages. Eat the sausages, they said. Eat them, eat them, eat them. Gret! interrupted Henrietta. <laughs> you could practically see the steam rising off her scowling face now. Christ on a hot tin roof. <laughs> What's the matter this time, said Gret, looking up from the book. Not only have you gone completely off topic, but now you're just making stuff up. What? Me? Making? Things? Up? <laughs> said Gret, poorly feigning innocence. There's no such thing as a Gretling. None of that happened. You, you fabricated the entire thing. I think it's good that you've started using Henrietta in all your chapters, right? Because she is all of us reacting to Brett Lynchleaf, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's kind of what she became in, in Chickens, is just going, what? <laughs> She's like, this is fucking ridiculous. And and she kind of allows Gret to be more ridiculous mm-hmm. because she's there to go, no, <laughs> that doesn't make sense or that's stupid or something. And it's quite a... It's a good foil to Gret, isn't it? Because if, if she's not there, you kind of have to hold back a bit with Gret. So what you're saying is she's Rufus to Howard in this instance. <laughs> sometimes, it, sometimes it I'm feels ridiculous. A bit like and and, and I'm, I'm answering the questions you normally you normally put out, like why the fuck? Yeah, yeah. Is, is, Gre- is Gremlins happening all of a sudden? I, I'm not nece- I'm not so necessary in this chapter to explain, like to help the audience along <laughs> with one of your chapters because Henrietta's doing that for me. Because Gretz, she says he's making stuff up. That's where we were. No, no such thing right. as a Gretling. Ah, said Gret. Yes, you got me. None of that happened. It's just, well, the fact of the matter is, what actually took place, the events are really inappropriate for a girl of your age. I was just trying to make it PG. <laughs> Why, what really happened? What's worse than tiny lizard Gretz sausage stuffing a boy? <laughs> well, the simple truth is, it's really difficult to force feed sausages to someone. Even if you succeed, they usually go and sick them out again. This coupled with the negative conditioning, well... Negative conditioning? Yeah, when those two men broke into his house at the start and forced him to eat sausage, that kind of thing really puts you off sausage. <laughs> oh, so the bumming men, they gave him actual sausages? Yeah, well, what did you think I meant? <laughs> Nothing, carry on. <laughs> well, to get Jeremy Shelton to eat all the sausages, I needed to make him not fear and hate sausages. So I had to introduce a reward system to make him want to eat the sausages. To really want to eat sausages, I had to give him something he wanted. He wanted, he wanted. Wanted, wanted. Wanted. He wanted, he wanted. Wanted, wanted. Yeah. And what did you give him? (laughs) Well, that's not important, is it? What is important is that it worked. I cured young Jeremy of his sausage fear, and I got adult Jeremy Shelton to eat my sausages. But why? (laughs) Well, because... (laughs) Because of your secret, suggested Henrietta eagerly. Yes, said Gret, with his least convincing face. Let's let's go with that. (laughs) Now, it so happened that adult Jeremy Shelton was a proud member of the Super Police Adventure Force, or SPAF for short. (laughs) After the bravery he had shown in the summer, saving the city from a giant crab, single-handedly, without the help of women... The chief commissioner had hired him on the spot. Now, dressed in his spaff-issued boots, uniform, hat and shades, Jeremy Shelton was literally covered in spaff. <laughs> Jeremy's rise through the ranks had been swifter than Taylor Swift making fitted clothes for a highly aerial bird. 
And, uh, and after... <laughs> He's a highly aerial. Did you Google Swift yeah, to find yeah, something out about him? Yeah, and it, it's, it's, it's a, a highly aerial it's bird. It's a highly aerial. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And after only a few weeks as a desk sergeant, he'd been promoted to active duty. Well, I say active. Mostly he sat around eating sausage donuts. But regardless, now instead of spaffing behind his desk, he was out in the streets where everyone could see him spaffing. <laughs> no! Stop! Now! <laughs> see, I told you, she's on our side. Yeah. <laughs> You've skipped a bit. Grat Benchleaf looked over at Henrietta Pig. The light from the fire was dancing across her scowling face, looking like a tiny, angry demon. What bit? You've literally gone straight past the good bit. The ghost shifters bit with you and Inuku, where Inuku, you know, tells you, you know, something. Inuku! Inuku! <laughs> Jesus, you're like one of my annoying fans, you are. Oh, please, can we have more Inuku, Grat? Please, can he make crabs go big? What about all the other classic Benchley villains? How come nobody ever says, "Oh, please, can you, can you, please, can you tell me what Brick is doing?" <laughs> please, Gret, please, can you have another the Brick adventure? <laughs> because the Brick is rubbish, suggested Henrietta. Oh, I do apologise, Your Majesty. What a miscarriage of justice my storytelling is. Shall I cut my head off with this rock? <laughs> Would that make you happy, Your Highness? Mm? Would me cutting my head off with a rock fulfil your Christmas desires? <laughs> Henrietta stared at the idiot. Yeah, all right then, she said. <laughs> Fine, said Gret. Fine, if the lady wants it, the lady shall have it. And then Gret grabbed a nearby rock and tried and very quickly failed to perform a self-decapitation. <laughs> Gret! OK, OK. <laughs> Fine. You want to know what happened with Anuku? Yes. Well, remember I told you about... Gret quickly checked over both shoulders before whispering, My secret. <laughs> yes, your secret. Obviously I remember, said Henrietta, who had been banging on about it ever since Gret had first mentioned it. And you remember Satan couldn't touch me because he didn't know what Anuku told me. Yes, a million times yes. Well, they're one and the same thing. What? <laughs> what Anuku told me was my secret. He told you your secret? Exactly, Mundo. But well, you said you didn't know it. And how on earth did Anuku know it? One, I don't know it. And two, Anuku didn't know it. <laughs> Henrietta was beginning to feel as though she'd accidentally wandered into an asylum. Why can't you answer a simple question, Binchleaf? She spat. Binchleaf stared and frowned. I can answer any number of simple questions. What's your favourite food? Chips. What's your favourite motorcycle police TV series? Chips. <laughs> Who's your favourite cartoon character? Mr Chips. What's your favourite colour? Chips. Uh, maybe not that one. But definitely, my point... <laughs> my point. Why and how Anuku was telling me my secret when he didn't know my secret, that's not so simple. Unless you've been paying attention. I mean, all, all the clues are there if you're smart enough to piece it together. Smart enough? Smart enough? Do you mean perhaps dumb enough? Dumb enough to think down to your level? To gain any understanding from your absurd sausage-centric sausage drama? Dogs would maybe understand it, or at least want to eat it. But I didn't glean a single piece of sense from the whole shambles. I've read a brief history of time and understood more from that. Gret looked at the small, stupid moron. <laughs> you get testy when you've not slept. I'm not being testy, I'm just... Henrietta took a calming breath. I'm just a little confused. Well, remember, remember how you theorised before about the idea of Anuku pulling his mask off? Henrietta's brow furrowed. You mean it, it wasn't Anuku? 
Though it is certainly true that Anuko returned that year to wreak havoc on the world with his gone big crabs. <laughs> when he spoke with me, he wasn't exactly himself. Gret tapped his bulbous nose with a sweaty finger and winked a massive wink, the fluttering of his lashes causing a hurricane somewhere in Italy. <laughs> Inuku may have glowed blue and said, Oh boy, the day we talked. <laughs> he was you! Inuku was Inuku! You quantum leaved into Inuku! Well, well done on figuring that one out. <laughs> then you do know your secret. No. But he told you. I mean, you told you. You told you your secret. Yeah, maybe I've misled you with the term tell. You see, old Gret had two things. Will's disease and a secret. So what did he do? He wrote it down. You know me. If it happens in an adventure, I have to write it down. I can't stop myself. It's like an addiction. So he wrote down the adventure in a book with the secret right there in its pages. And then he probably forgot it. And the book it's written in... Well, it's passed between different aged me's in a perpetual relay. We keep it for a brief time, then pass it on. And off it goes to who knows where. Satan's only chance of learning the secret is to intercept the book. Henrietta's eyes boggled. Yeah, it's a pretty complex plan. I've, I've no doubt there's a clever god out there, maybe one called Rufus, who'll point out how incredibly stupid, unnecessarily convoluted and downright flawed it is. But it's worked so far. So, uh, where was I? Sounds, oh, yes. Sounds like a pretty excellent plan to me. Write it in a book and then keep passing it to various versions of yourself in time. Uh -huh. What could go wrong? <laughs> where was I? Oh, yes. Jeremy Shelton was a spaff officer. <laughs> Out on the streets where everyone could see him spaffing. Instead of guns or truncheons, super police adventure force officers were given superpowers. And so it was that Jeremy Shelton was dubbed Walkthrough Wall Man. <laughs> this particular power had come available after <laughs> Lucas Lowry, the previous Walkthrough Wall Man, had yeah. died tragically trying to walk through a hedge. <laughs> Jeremy Shelton loved his new life. He loved fighting crime. Crime. He loved walking through walls. He loved donuts. And, well, that was pretty much the extent of his job. So he pretty much loved everything about it. In fact, he had only one mild reservation. He wasn't entirely sure about his cop partner, Chunk Chatterton, a.k.a. The Brick. <laughs> Came a voice over Jeremy's walkie-talkie. What's he saying, boss? Said The Brick, a brick-obsessed weirdo with all the grace and cunning of a brick. Oh, no, he's saying the terrorists have taken over the Nakatomi Plaza. But that's where we are, boss, said The Brick. Or, as he was known in literary circles... Exposition disguised with stupidity. <laughs> Duh, what's he saying now, boss? Said the brick. The fucking brick. <laughs> oh no, he's saying that the terrorists are going to start executing hostages if we don't meet their demands. Oh, gee, boss, what are we gonna do? Said the brick, a creation better suited to a safari park, given all he does is feed lions. Yeah? yeah, feed lines, lions. Feed, feed lions. <laughs> yeah. Okay, here's the plan. You stay here and keep in radio contact with me, Jeremy Shelton, and I'll crawl through some ventilation shafts. Duh, but boss, how you gonna fit? And that was when Jeremy Shelton remembered he was fucking enormous. <laughs> for most of his life, he'd managed to stay thin. He'd hated sausages for such a long time because people kept glowing blue at him and trying to shove them down his spook factory. 
But then... Oh, dear. But then one day, in his teens, a sexy... I get really worried when Howard says, oh, dear, about something. <laughs> it's OK. But then, one day, in his teens, a sexy woman had glowed blue and offered to give him a quick off the wrist if he ate a sausage. And though it seemed a really weird request, and he didn't know the woman, and while there were a lot of considerations and moral implications, ultimately he was a sweaty teen with a hard-on, and so he agreed. You mean, you gave Jeremy Shelton a hand job? said Henrietta. Gret looked up at her, stroking her pointy little chin. She didn't seem angry, more fascinated with the depths he was willing to sink to. I may have helped him on his way a little, Gret said. Do you realise that's sexual assault? I think he liked it. I don't mean on him. I mean on the body you borrowed. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's true. Listen, let me explain, because last year's Christmas special was dodgy enough. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't use an actual woman. I used a shaved monkey. <laughs> a shaved monkey? Yeah, Jeremy Shelton's such a colossal numpty. <laughs> he can't tell the difference. What gender was the monkey? Mm. Oh, here we go. Oh, Gret Benchley, if you're such a monkey sojournist, <laughs> using lady monkeys to satisfy Jeremy Shelton. Well, screw you. I'm no sexist. I'm no nothingist. I used a whole bunch of monkeys to pleasure Jeremy Shelton. <laughs> Male, female, <laughs> trans, gay, straight, swinger. Uh, of course, at the end of the day, all monkeys are swingers. <laughs> but you didn't ask them. Ask a monkey. Ask a monkey if it wants to give a quick off the wrist to Jeremy Shelton. Yes, I did, actually. And do you want to know what happened? I learned monkey. I said, can I shave you, put you in a wig and use you as a means of sexual release for Jeremy Shelton? You know what they said? They said no. <laughs> they said, who the fuck is Jeremy Shelton? So you know what I did then? I used doomed monkeys. I quantum leaved into the bodies of monkeys that were about to die in circus car crashes or under pianos in PG Tips adverts, and I saved their lives. I gave them a whole new lease of life. And as a thank you to me, albeit an unconscious one, as a thank you, they worked Jeremy Shelton's shaft like fucking heroes. Heroes and they rose. <laughs> Merry Christmas! <laughs> no? You think unconscious monkey handjobs administered to an unwitting recipient isn't in the spirit of the holidays? I don't really care, Gret. All I wanted was for you to finish the story you started. Your weird obsession with feeding Jeremy Shelton sausages and pulling him off is of little interest to me. That's a shame, because there's a lot more of that to come. <laughs> uh, I suppose I could just do the edited highlights. The less sex-related sausages, the better. Fair enough. Now, where was I? Ah, yes. After that day, monkeys came frequently and fed Jeremy Shelton sausages. And pretty soon, he put on the pounds. In fact, so massive did Jeremy Shelton become that pretty soon he had knocked Barry Bigger, the human digger, out of the Guinness Book of Records and had been officially dubbed the Flipping Amazer Trevor Detective Guild's second fattest detective. Recently, he had dropped a few pounds, though, because he had married his second wife, who was Brillo Dillo Ace Balls and had great taste in detective fiction. <laughs> and so he didn't need monkey hand jobs anymore. Oh, God. However, despite this slight reduction in weight, he was still gigantic. <laughs> and looking up at the ventilation shaft, then back down at his belly, Jelly Shelley said, Oh, bumholes, now I'll never save the hostages. Just then, a voice came over the radio. This is a message for Jeremy Shelton. Do you read me, Jeremy Shelton? Copy that. Who is this? This is Hans Gretler. I'm the evil terrorist. 
I've got four hostages here. Firstly, I have Nick Donald. <laughs> Nick Darnold, said Nick Darnold. Sorry, firstly, I have Nick Darnold. Secondly, my, I my, have... My, what a beautiful name. <laughs> <laughs> Secondly, I have Ben Shillito. Who's that? Jeremy Shelton, pa. You're not so big. You're tiny, Shelton. I'm the big one. My magnificently huge. Ooh, look at my lovely big tummy. <laughs> Jeremy heard the sound of Ben being dragged away, screaming about how massive he was. <laughs> Thirdly, I have Neil Starkey. Negative splankers, dude. Negative splankers. He's got a bomb, man. And he's not afraid to use it. Ning, ning, ning. <laughs> and finally, I have this corpse of Dominic Maniti. <laughs> I shot him just now so he wouldn't have any lines. <laughs> oh, and Nicholas Bundy is currently in outer space and couldn't make it. Uh, and this party is too classy for sandwiches. That hopefully covers everyone. What are your demands, Gretler? Asked Jeremy. Simple. I have here four house-sized sausages. Yeah, really, they're whopping. Whopping great sausages. And for each one you eat, I'll release a hostage. Um, OK, I suppose. Four humongous sausages later, or humongosages, as Jeremy Shelton liked to call them, and did. Humongosages! <laughs> yeah, four humongosages later, and Jeremy Shelton was of a size that was no longer describable as it was too big to be observed by the human eye. <laughs> there, done, said Jeremy Shelton. Now make good on your promise. Hans Gretler let the hostages go, waved goodbye and glowed blue. And then the SWAT team took him out. <laughs> the end. Gret closed the book. Well, did you enjoy my Christmas special? said Gret to Henrietta. You know what? I rather think I did. Did you enjoy it, Dagenham? Dagenham, who had been sat at her side all this time, listening quietly, nodded one of his three heads. Uh, yeah, that was really good, he said. In fact, I reckon it's your best yet, said Henrietta. <laughs> uh, better than Binchley Bedlam, said Gret. <laughs> Absolutely. Do you uh, mind if I have a look? Maybe read it again myself? Sure, why not, said Gret, handing the book over. I can't see the harm in that. <laughs> Henrietta held the book tightly in her grasp and grinned a devilish grin. Here, said Gret suddenly. Has that pig always been so three-heady? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Binchleaf, you never learn, do you? My, my, Henrietta, what big horns you have, said Gret, as he saw the horns bursting through Henrietta's skull. All the better for pipeling, my dear. <laughs> and what red skin you have. All the better for hiding in front of post boxes, my dear. And what a large... Cheese grater you have. All the better for grating you, my dear. Satan, said Gret. You were Henrietta all along. <laughs> Rufus actually figured it out for a change. <laughs> actually, uh, come to mention it, I did think it was a bit odd Henrietta being here at all since that bit with her in Chapter 5 turned out to be a flashback. But I thought, you know, just roll with it. I'm sure the author knows what he's doing. <laughs> Yes, it is well, I. Should that be the great author? The brilliant author. Yeah. <laughs> no, because the great author. Oh, the great author. I wasn't I just calling you great. Oh, oh you were. <laughs> I'm sure the... Uh, I was doing that as well. But I'm sure the great artist it. knows what he's doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes, it is I, Satan. And finally I hold in my hands your secret, Gret. Shit, said Gret. Old Gret's book. Satan flicked greedily through the leather-bound tome. Yes, he said. 
Well, good luck finding my secret. That's good luck. Well, good luck finding <laughs> my secret in there, Satan. That's 800,000 words of pure secret gang trash. <laughs> You'll be reading it for months before you find my secret. <laughs> Satan turned to the appendix. Great secret pages 945 to 947. <laughs> 1002, yes, so 1008. Mm. Ah, here we are. The last entry on Great secret. <clears throat> the Will's disease had really taken hold now. Only yesterday, old Gret had forgotten that he was scared of pies, and so he ate ten. <laughs> they were very tasty, said old Gret. <laughs> Don't tell anyone, though. If that little secret gets out, it could be the end of me. <laughs> ah, my secret, said Gret. You've learned it. <laughs> That's right, Gret. And now it's time for eternal damnation. Please, please don't cheesecrate me for all eternity. <laughs> Oh, don't worry, said Satan, <laughs> tossing the grater aside. I've had time to think, and I won't be grating you. Oh, thank heavens. No, you'll be going. In the room of Tories. No, not the room of Tories. Yes, Binsleaf, the worst torture imaginable. They'll all be there. Oh, Rees-Mogg, Gove, Johnson, Cameron, May, Hunt, Haig, Thatcher... Oh. And so the list went on as the three-headed dog shook off its fake snouts, picked up Benchleaf in its sexiest mouth, hello, and dragged him down to hell. Presently, Satan slammed the door on the room of Tories, locked it, and threw away the key. And laughing happily, <laughs> safe in the knowledge that he had full-on succeeded, he went for a well-earned lie-down. In the room of Tories, Gret Benchleaf was screaming in agony at the sheer weight of inhumanity when suddenly a magic door opened and beside him out ambled a little porker. <laughs> Finally, what have you been waiting for, Piggy? Leave me out of here! <clears throat> Piggy Faith, there's a 100% chance I want to watch you suffer for a bit before we bring you back. You little sh... Gret stopped and considered. You little brilliant pig! The pig stared back. You genius best pig ever? The pig snorted a little. You brillo dillo better than any smelly human pig, cried Gret in terrible pain. The pig sniffed happily. <clears throat> Piggy says that the 100% chance your next leap will be the leap home. <laughs> and with that, the very fat man started to glow blue, and the plump pink porker headed back through the magic door which closed behind him. The fat man continued to glow blue for a time as Gret Benchleaf leafed out of him. And finally, Jeremy Shelton, the joint first fattest member of the Fat Detectives, was given his body back. Where am I? cried Jeremy Shelton in confusion. Oh no, what's happening? Oh, what's George Osborne doing to that kitten? <laughs> no, the cold-blooded remorselessness, he yelled. But nobody heard him, nor would anybody ever hear him. Jeremy Shelton was trapped in eternal pain for the rest of eternity, because that's what eternal means, you thumb pudding. <coughs> in the year 6089, Gret Binchleaf stepped out of the quantum accelerator with a crocodile smile across his wide, pasty face. Yeah, did you succeed yet? asked the professor excitedly. Did you shave the most important man in the universe? <laughs> I certainly did, said Gret, patting himself on the head. Satan fell for it hook, line and sinker. He had no idea I knew it was him, and less than no idea that he was talking to a fattened Jeremy Shelton in my clothes. Not a lot of people know this, but if Gret Binchley were a few hundred years younger, a thousand times less scabby and a few million stone lighter, he would look almost exactly as a handsome Jeremy Shelton. 
Sure, that's that it. Well, we done here. Now you've condemned an innocent man to an eternity of damnation to save your own arse. Is the adventure finally over? Almost, smiled Gret. But first, he said, tugging his cuffs, I need to see a man about a very bad dog. <laughs> what will happen next? That's all I wrote for the question. <laughs> I figured this thing was long enough. But hey, they don't call me Howard Long because I write short Gret Binchleaf chapters. They call me it because it's my name. <laughs> How do you feel about that little chapter, Howard? Feeling good about it? Ooh, I thought it was a blinder. I tell you what, though, I tell you what I liked. I liked all the references, all the different references in it. Like you know, there was a bit of Quantum Leap in there. Yeah, bit of bit of Die Hard, Star Trek. My favourite bit. My favourite bit was when you referenced Gremlins. Yeah, that was the best bit, wasn't it? Because you know, Gremlins is part of is part of the worst writer in the world, like. Um, universe now. Now we've kind of you know taken it and made it our own, stolen it. Yeah, yeah, and, 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 and it was good when I mentioned um, like Spider Man as well because Spider Man, <laughs> he's got, a, isn't he? Yeah. And now he is. Now yeah. you've said that he is. Yes, and he's Knight, ours. Knight Give us Rider. Some money, Marvel. I'm gonna probably mention Knight Rider. I've not heard it, but I probably mentioned Knight Rider. Yeah, I expect so. Yeah, and if not in this one, definitely in the in your previous chapter in Rain and Cool Club because Michael Knight was definitely there. Was he? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but I tell you what, the only thing, in fact, the only thing that could make this chapter better, I mm. would say, it's like an almost perfect chapter, but there's just one thing missing. And that is a brand new mashup theme tune mm. of Nomadi Cloche singing the Gret Binchleaf theme tune plus the Gremlins music. That's what I want at the end of this episode, right? like now, instead of us yamming on, basically. What yeah. I want is an episode without us on the end banging on about nothing. Yeah, this is thoroughly disappointing <laughs> by comparison, isn't <laughs> instead it? Instead of that, I want to hear Gremlins mash up with Binchleaf, mm. right? And also last week, I want to hear Ghostbusters mash up with Binchleaf. And next week, I want to hear something else. How can I do that? How can I hear that? Well, Howard, it just so happens you can go to patreon.com forward slash manbycow, sign up for just $2 wow. and immediately get your hands on the whole Worst Writer Back catalogue, loads of Gret Binchleaf stories, Man by Cow episodes, and much, much more. And, of course, you'll get this episode with Gremlins immediately and next episode, the final episode of Gret Binchleaf and the Adventure of the Very Bad Dog, several days earlier than all those non-gang losers. Oh, yeah. All right. And, Brilliant. And uh, the, uh, the worst part about this is that I'm only including this ending on the public release. <laughs> So only people that I'm insulting get to hear that insult. <laughs> so go and check it out. It's only $2 and you could get a, a more exciting version of The Adventure of the Very Bad Dog. Awesome. I'm going to do that because I really want to hear the final chapter. Having just heard that seventh chapter, That's, yeah. I would like to You want to get that as soon as possible, finale, right? yeah. Yeah, and you just, you're only going to have to wait a few days for that. Get there for a few days and you can... In fact... If you sign up for probably... No, in fact, if you sign up for $2 and just scroll back, you can hear it now because we released it to the gang five years ago. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, you can wait for the like the second release, but it is there. So you can listen to the last episode now if you want. Join the gang for $2 and listen to the last episode of Very Bad Dog right now. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye-bye, Milk. Bye-bye, Milk. He's a stupid, suck-ass, rubbish writer. Yeah.